I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of this episode of Move. Jamie, are you ready? Dude, I'm always ready. I'm strapped in. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be inspired, which is our word that we love to use. Let's do this. Part two of Move. Okay, welcome back. We're now in part two with Amy. We've heard all about the Olympics and the journey to that. But one of the things that I was most interested in when we were chatting before the podcast was that you ran a marathon in North Korea. Not many people do that. Yeah, so surreal. Um, and really a perfect showcase of, of where snowboarding can take you. Um, so it all started on the 2018 London Marathon finish line. I was there with one of my sponsors, Tag Heuer, who sponsored the marathon. And I was standing with the marketing director whilst having a glass of champagne and eating a scone and said... <laughs> Living the life. Have you, did you just, have you just finished running it? No, no. I <laughs> you was, were just there. I was, I was supporting. <laughs> okay, I got it. And I was like... I'd much rather be running this rather than like standing here, you know, like this is great. Champagne's nice and all, but you know, like I feel kind of bad watching everyone running. She's like, you can have a place next year if you like. I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, a few months later she goes, so Amy, do you want, do you want that place? And I was like, um, you know what? I, I, I actually would like to see if my mum wants to do it with me. And I spoke to my mum and my mum was like, you know what? Yeah, we've always said if we're to do it, we'll do it together. Let's do it. So we left it a few days and we're like, are you in? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Let's do this. So <laughs> we confirmed our entry. Obviously very privileged to have a place uh, through Tag Heuer because it's it's not easy to get a place, you know. So That's mad as well, isn't it? I mean, oh, it's yeah, hard like, enough to go and run a marathon, but even just getting a place. Yeah, I believe getting a place is very so difficult. getting a place quite hard? Uh, yeah, 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 it but is. But really tough. Yeah. It, what? Are you serious? Yeah. How many people want to run a marathon? Like uh, thousands. Like pretty much the whole of London. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like the other thing that I found out that it's it's really expensive, like to climb Everest. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. it's like fifty thousand pounds uh, just no to do thanks. the climb. The just to do the climb, and it's like a long queue of people as well. Yeah. The whole thing with the kit and I'm not down with the queuing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done enough of that in in lift lines. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so you were actually with your mum? So, yeah, we were like, right, we're in. Okay, so it's January. I'm in Japan. It's snowing. I'm like, right, I really better start training and I was in the snow uh, came back there was too much snow in Japan so I couldn't run uh, went to Salzburg did my first long run 13 and a half miles along the river lovely came home just straight away into it straight in I love it. <laughs> straight off the bat straight off the bat 13 and a half no, miles no, no, no messing around right let's get let's get this done but that's your mentality right that's always been you I think that you 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 get on a motorbike you get on a snowboard you go yeah, and run first you just always like, go into it you know like take, take it at your own pace I'm not trying to be the best I'm, I'm not trying to prove anything I just want to get through it right that was my goal and I came back to London and I was like you know I better dedicate a chunk of time so I gave myself like three to four four weeks in London in the middle of winter to um, get some running in. So that was one one long run a week. And I went out to Richmond Park with a friend, 
got completely lost. We were on 10 miles, covered in mud. Literally all I did was put up a story on Instagram. It was like, covered in mud, uh, training for the London Marathon, got completely lost, ha-ha. That was that. 10 minutes later, hey, Amy, I see you're running the marathon in London. You don't fancy running another one, do you? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and uh, she goes, let me give you a call. It's a marathon in North Korea for a documentary. And I was like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> so this lady that was watching my story, I had met in 2014 at the Winter Olympics. She worked for Sky, now works for the Olympic Channel. The Olympic Channel have been planning this documentary for three years and they needed someone to run the marathon. And in terms of timings, it couldn't have been any better. It was two weeks before London. Before I knew it, I'd said yes. Six weeks later, I was on a flight to Beijing to leave all of my valuables in a safe to then take a Koiro Air flight to Korea, North Korea. Jesus. Sorry, Pyongyang. What is it like there? Is it, is it, is it kind of bizarre? So <laughs> the weirdest, the, definitely the first 24 hours were the most strange for me. Getting on the flight, Koiro Air, ex-Russian plane, I had my GoPro like <laughs> sort of on my chest and we were told you can't film and I was like, you know, the curious cat. I'm like, <laughs> oh, whatever. So I strolled on, literally got grabbed by the cuff of my collar. Delete, delete, delete. I was oh, okay, okay. So I was like, right, okay, there really is no messing around here. You know, like I've heard the stories. So GoPro deleted and then I sat on the plane. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I've got no phone. <laughs> I've got no connection with the outside world for eight days. Quite, quite though, quite um, almost exhilarating, uh, like uh, liberating, right? Oh, yeah. It was like, I'm going off grid, guys. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't do that nowadays. Like, you, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard. Like one of the only places you can go in the world, right? It, that you can really be off grid. Like yeah. Com- I mean, there's, there's, you just or very few places. You can't use least, your phone. Yeah. And um, so landing in North Korea, one of the, the most obscure things to me was everyone was walking. So if you imagine landing at Heathrow yeah. and you're driving to South Kensington, so, you know, it's a it's a decent distance. And I was like, we were on a motorway, very, very few cars. And to the right of me, there were people walking. To the left of me, there were people walking. And like they, a lot of people walking? Yeah, like a lot of people walking. I was like, they're walking miles and miles. So I said to our guide, I was like, why is everyone walking? Because we don't want pollution and we want to keep our city clean. What I learned later on in the week was that only diplomats have cars. So they don't have cars because it's so poor. Do you know, do you know it's, it's so funny, a, a, a mutual friend of ours um, went, to, went to North Korea as well. And he, sat, he told us a story where he sat on a, he sat on a bus um, and he was speaking to the people in North Korea about... Um, just speaking to him, just having like a chat. And um, he said to one of them, he said, uh, oh God, they said, how are you enjoying your trip in broken English? And he said, yeah, I'm a little bit tired. I, I, I kind of kind of miss home. You know, I feel a little bit, uh, a little bit jaded. Yeah. And they said, oh, I don't understand what you mean. And he said, well, you know, I just feel a little bit like, you know, a little bit jaded. I feel a little bit not, not, not quite upbeat at the moment. And they couldn't understand that concept. They couldn't understand the concept. They said, well, why don't you just go and work? Why don't you just go to work? That that sorts it out. They don't. They, they couldn't understand the concept that you would feel tired and jaded and, and thing, and that you you're just not going to work no. and, and getting over it. That was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Said the, that. the idea of just not being that 
happy or sad or yeah enjoying no, it's or not enjoying very much it's just... um what what we found was yeah like you say <clears> everything <throat> was just channeled into work you know in terms of the athletes there because that's what we went to see was how they train how they perform and sort of how they're progressing their sport over there which is at a rapid rate you can imagine it's like an army of synchronized swimmers gymnasts weightlifters gy- and it's literally a case of like wake up eat sleep train repeat and the athletes of north korea are the elite in the sense they are looked after that's interesting when you talk about kind of um uh being strict and and regimented with your routine how much how regimented are you with your routine and how strict are you with your kind of routine when you go <laughs> into well, especially when you have a competition coming up yeah i mean so right now i've i've not competed for a while uh because i've been doing other exciting things like traveling to north korea <laughs> running multiple marathons um so my routine varies and as a snowboarder you have to be able to adapt to the environment you're in. You know, you're in China and you're about to compete, so you have to manage your training load. There might not be a gym, so you you make the most of it in the hotel room or you go for a run outside. So I would say I've never really formulated a very strict routine. The only routine that I've ever installed into my snowboarding career, other than, you know, my gym routine when I'm back training in London, is um, is like the sequence of yoga in terms of half an hour in the morning, half an hour after riding. And and that was sort of my routine. But in terms of everything else, you've got to be flexible and you've got to adapt. But also when you – the biggest thing I suppose in professional sport, and you mentioned it before, is is injuries, right? And, yeah. And your career can end tomorrow. Oh, 100%. Pretty much. Yeah, right? you, and that happens with every sport. doesn't matter if you're a Formula 1 driver, footballer, darts player. It can. It can really yeah. end in just a second. That kind of, um, that kind of that's lack ne- of... That's, su- that's negative, Jamie, though. <laughs> I, totally. I know. I know. But it's, it's, I think it's probably what some people... Because everything in life, everything in life is, is, is vulnerable, right? Lots yeah. of things are vulnerable. Um, but that's your security, right? In terms of that's yeah, your security. So it's how, your blanket. Yeah, it's your blanket. So how do you deal with that? How do you deal with uh, injury... Yeah, you've had injury. How do you get past it? How do you mentally push on with those kind of things? Um, yeah, injuries, um, it throws you down and it, it makes you stronger. It's its like the worst thing in sport because it's, it just stops you doing what what you love and, and it, it stops you from being better instantaneously. Um, But what it does do is build you stronger mentally and physically because you have to go back to the drawing board and essentially sort of start again and work through those niggles. Um, I've I've done various things. I've fractured my eye socket, broken my collarbone, broken my coccyx, done the lateral ligament in my ankle, my rotator cuff, AC joint. There's nothing left. Unfortunately, (laughs) it is just part and parcel of our sport it's going to happen and it's about preparing yourself to be able to deal with that so you've got to be as physically strong as possible and as malleable as possible you've got to learn how to fall but also then it goes back to that same thing where firstly it's it's hugely competitive sport it is um hard to get sponsors it's easy to get injured um how much (laughs) what's left yeah yeah, (laughs) but how but how much how much do you have to love what you're doing and love what you, and, and love what you want to achieve and really go for it in order to get into this and be an Olympian and go that far? What gives you the edge over everyone else? 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's a great question. I think... The edge comes from like the passion, the burning desire to be the best version of yourself. There's no doubt about it. When you're out on the field of play, you're not focusing on everyone else around you because it's not about that. It's about you being the best you can be. So in terms of my day-to-day life, what I've learned from my snowboarding career is that It's not about knocking the people down around you. It's about all growing together because in snowboarding, we've pushed the boundaries of the sport together. So there's an element of respect. And once you're a part of that, you know, sort of crew of women that are pushing the game, you know, it's like a a drug. You know, you want more because you want to be better. Um, I totally get what you mean. The other thing that I find amazing is that your your parents growing up kind of just, from what I can gather, just encouraged you to 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 go and do it, and and encourage you to go down this road and 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 do it. and learning on a dry ski slope and all those different things. How how important were your parents in this whole journey that you've been on? Oh, massively. Like, my mum and dad are just legends. Like, they're like my best friends. Like, honestly, um, oh, it, was, it, was, it was tough for them, probably more so than me yeah, because yeah. they're seeing me go through this roller coaster of emotions and different pressures and, you know, growing, growing. And then also, like, watching their daughter, like, hit 30-metre jump. So you're, like, talking the size of a two-storey building and... Oh yeah, I, f- I feel I feel for them, but they were nothing but support and always just totally trusted my instincts and my decisions. And my mom was always like, "Don't do it if you don't want to." Um, and my dad was always just like, "You got this." And um, yeah, I, it's funny because neither of them come from like you know a competitive sporting background, um, but they were both just like, you know, if this is what you want to do. Like, go for it. Like, we got you. <laughs> it's amazing. amazing. It's, it's, do you know, it's just insane that you have that kind of attitude, right? You have this sort of positive look upon life, which is um, hugely infectious, firstly, but also obviously got you to where you are. This this kind of go-get attitude, like, I'm never going to fail. I'm just always going to go and do that. Um, you know, how much of that, like... How much of that has got you to where you are? That I, We know we spoke about visual, visualization and positivity, but... How much that has gone like you just gone uh, every single day you can get up even though you've got a sore knee, a broken cocktail, all those different things, that kind of like attitude, here we go, we're going to do it. You love the sport, you're passionate about it. Yeah. How much of that drives you every single morning? Because you seem to just love life. Oh, uh, yeah, sometimes. Do you ever have those days where you go to bed but you're just so excited for the next day? Yes, I've had those, I've had <laughs> no, those. No, 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 all the time, you know, don't get me wrong. But it's like, um, you know, life 
is for living and I've had an amazing snowboard career and I'm enjoying like doing some of the various other bits and bobs with it. So we do backcountry snowboarding, which is sort of going out on those expeditions, hiking, building jumps. And, and that's really fun. And that's like a different angle for me because don't get me wrong, like the pressure of competing is savage. So it's sort of like I've done like a huge amount of that. And now I'm like ready for this next chapter, which excites me. It's like new and different. So I've kind of got that going on and then, you know, the documentary thing. So I'm just so excited for how and what snowboarding has done for me and and where it's taken me. I just want to focus on those nerves for one second because everyone experiences nerves, I, you know, and especially in sport, right? Yeah. The nerves are the biggest thing. And actually, some people are crippled by them. And that's a lot of reason why a lot of people fail. How do you overcome nerves and how do you deal with them? Um, nerves. Oh, wow. Yeah, nerves are a funny one. It's almost like you need like, you know, like 60% of nervous energy when you're about to do something like big whether it's uh, to perform on a stage in a theatre, to get up and sing uh, in a club or, you know, or drop into a, you know, 30 metre jump at the Olympics. It's like you need to like learn how to take the positive energy from the nerves and then just use that fuel. You know, the nerves are like, like a positive fuel that you can channel into your performance. So it's... I suppose it's practice. Whatever it is you're doing, it's like throw yourself into that environment so then you become comfortable. Like you adapt to that pressure and then you learn to just take that nervous energy and and put it into whatever it is you want to achieve. And and you talked, you touched on, Amy, the kind of getting into different types of snowboarding. You've obviously done the documentary work. I mean, what's kind of next for you? I mean, how do you beat, two Olympic Games and X Games and all of this stuff. Where do you go after that? For me, I've got my eyes set on like <clears throat> various different things. Um, I'm I'm really excited with this current phase that I'm in, in terms of exposing snowboarding t- to the masses, uh, sh- sharing my journey. And like, also I'm, I'm very passionate about like yoga and mindful movement. So this year I've got my first ever uh, snowboarding yoga retreat in Chamonix. Well done. Which insane. is just going to be like, it's, it's just going to be an awesome week. And I'll get to share my passion with, you know, a whole different group of people from various backgrounds. And I love meeting new people, doing different things. And um, I'm doing a bit of commentary as well in other sports. So did um, there was a BMX event for Red Bull in Amsterdam last week, doing something in Estonia in Feb. So, yeah, it's kind of all happening. Um, I love chatting. So, yeah, definitely sort of heading door down more down that sort of like yeah yeah so you can become lane. the poster girl for extreme sports i mean that would be cool i'll take that <laughs> if you're gonna give me that <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll give you that no amy listen you're you're such a positive influence you know um we've met today and you just a, a, a ball of energy in such a great way and 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 honestly that is infectious and no wonder you've achieved so much and done so well in your entire life. Um, I really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. It's been, it's been amazing. It's been awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. We finish the podcast every, every week by asking the guest one of the same questions. And the question would be that if you were to wake up tomorrow and do something completely different, forget everything you do now and yeah. <laughs> everything you just told us. Oh, great. I like if you could it. do anything tomorrow morning, what would you go out and do instead? Is it a job? Could be a job, could be a business, could anything be a at all. new anything sport. At all. It could be anything. What would you like to go and crush it at next? 
Okay, this is far-fetched. Yeah, yeah. Like, the best ones usually are. Um, I'd like to be sort of like an F1 driver or something like that. Really? Like, yeah, but not like, you know, just for the day. Is it just for the day? No, this is forever. Oh, this is, oh this no, is... that's a bit extreme, Ben. <laughs> um, I, like, I like to be an F1 driver for the day. I like, Amy, I, I love the fact with you, you're not scared of anything. You you just don't, you'll throw yourself into anything and just do it. You Speed, don't, and, maybe, right? maybe that's not a good thing. <laughs> no, it's a great um, thing to be. Life is about experience, about challenging yourself, about going out there and changing what, about going against the norm. That's what you've done your entire life. And I think that's amazing and inspirational. No, being completely honest, if I could do anything, I think my dream would be to like anchor the Olympics. Amazing. That. Yeah. Hey, awesome. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. You're an absolute hero. Thank you so much. Uh, follow you on Instagram, follow you on social media. Uh, where can we see you next? Are you doing anything really epic next? Um, I'm going to go snowboarding in Scotland this weekend, actually. Really? Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rogue. Um, and then I'm going to take a bit of quiet time for Christmas. Um and then, yeah, let's let's see what happens. There's lots, lots of different things. 2020 is going to be the big year. 2020 is going to, yeah, it's going to be lit. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, thank, awesome. you, thank so you so much. Amy. Appreciate thank it. you, guys. Listeners, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was pretty cool, right? So what? Uh, just an insane amount of energy for one person. Yeah, but insane energy, also that positivity. I just, what I really enjoy, Ed, is it's so true, and I'm, I'm such a big believer in this, that visualization, that actually knowing that you're going to achieve something, that you know you're going to go for it. You have to know your destination and work back from that. Um, I think Amy is just infectious in everything she does. No wonder she's gone so far in her career. Now, uh, obviously in the podcast, what we like to do is pick out a couple of things that really kind of made us think, yes, that's exactly it. And because I'm talking, I'm probably going to go <laughs> first there. There's a couple of things which which I, I sort of really sort of hit home for me. The first one is is the fact of her visualization, as I said before. Every single time before she would do a competition, she would stand at the window, she'd open up, she'd let the air come onto her face and she would visualize her run, looking at understanding which turn she had to do, knowing exactly where she wants to go, knowing her destination. I think that is key, right? Knowing your destination, knowing where you want to go. That does that you can rate that relate that to everyday life, business, sport, whatever it is. Know exactly where you're going. So true. I mean I think there's loads of parallels that we can draw from sport and and to business. I think that that's happened kind of throughout time, really. But I th you know, for me, again, she she tried so many sports and not necessarily the things that an eight-year-old girl <laughs> would normally perhaps do. You know, she was doing motocross and and snowboarding and, and really kind of quite extreme things that were pushing the boundaries, I guess. And for me, that's so true for, for life in general, to go and try things, go and throw yourself out there, get really stuck in. And Amy's clearly somebody that has got stuck into stuff. She's got that positive attitude and then pushed herself to to make it work. You know, becoming a snowboarder isn't perhaps as as straightforward as being another professional sports person. So getting your own sponsors on board, putting yourself out there on Instagram, going and throwing herself in now to documentaries and media and all these kind of different pursuits. She's just clearly, clearly just got that kind of... Go get uh, them. Yeah, and and energy for life. Do you know what? And the, and the one big point that she said that I was like, that is just exactly it. She said, failure is the building block to success. 100%. Without a doubt. That, a it is so true. Failure is the building block to success. If you fail, don't worry about it. Accept it. Move on. Build towards success. Amy Fuller, thank you so much for coming on Move. 
Thank you so much for listening. Honestly, it really does mean a huge amount. And we also hope today's podcast has inspired you to move towards your dream or passion. Now, if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a comment. And if you'd like to get in touch, please email us at move at moveclub.co.uk or follow us on Instagram at moveclub. Until next time, this is Move. 